0: This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the seanstevensonmodel.com.
1: Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson. Here with my amazing, fantastic co-host and producer jade harrell what's up didn't jade turn out so good did it <laughs> it works it works, works. <laughs> how you doing today
0: i am dinormous
1: dinormous mm-hmm. what is that
0: enormously dynamic today i like that so big i can't stand it
1: i thought i was like a dinosaur or what something di- i'm a dinosaur di- di- yes <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
0: that's what Braden would say yeah mm-hmm. that's my little boy but it's big like that it's big
1: like that, that. reminds me of um the TV show Friends, mm-hmm. you know, he's like a paleontologist Ross, <laughs>
0: right, right. I just love so Ross.
1: weird, you he's know, wonderful. nerd. But I vibed with mm-hmm. him, you know. And and I was like I feel you, him. man. Mm-hmm. You know, science is awesome. Is. You know, dinosaur. I know man. you love that. You yeah. know, you know that plastic bottle that you have there. Nope, and somebody you know, gave that to me. This <clears throat> episode on water, X-may you know, the, the water ma- masterclass, <laughs> which we'll put that in the show notes. By the way, yeah, that's a fossil fuel. Have you ever mm. really kind of tripped off what that means? A fossil fuel. Mm. So we're just going to let everybody marinate Actually, on what that means when we're talking about plastics.
0: But... I'm drinking out of dinosaur
1: Don't worry about it. Bodies. Let's let it go. Okay. We'll let it go. Like uh, that movie Frozen. Right? Yeah.
0: If you bring that up, we'll have to see
1: it. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. not. Let's not. So we got... Let's channel am- Elsa. We've got an amazing show for you guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, this show is going to be... I'm just so excited about yeah. it. We've got a fantastic mm. guest on. Just... Powerhouse. I mean, I'm so excited about this. But first, before we get into our guests and our show topic, I want to give a a quick shout out to our show sponsor, Mm OnIt.com. I love those guys. onitcom forward slash model. You get 10% off all of your health and human performance supplements. Huge fans of the hemp force protein. The most bioavailable protein for the human body is going to be found in hemp. Mm -hmm. Edestin, albumin, also the right ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids are going to be found in hemp. Because they actually throw some actual whole hemp seeds in there in the mix as well. New people <laughs> that are new to it might drink and like what is what are these? Right, right. And it's actually they throw some hemp seeds in there mm-hmm. as well. And also but it it's helps not gritty. To, it helps for you to slow down yeah. and to chew on something because what's said is to drink your food and chew your Two juice. juice. Yes. That's what's said. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you're actually taking the time instead of like guzzling down your juice or your smoothies. And also, that allows for your body to actually pick up the fact that you ate something. Right. But what you're doing when you're actually chewing and taking the time to do that is you're mixing that food and coating it with your own DNA and RNA.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So that food is getting familiar with you before it hits your gastrointestinal
0: tract, which <laughs> I love that it gets familiar with it. Which, if you're
1: just tossing stuff that. in there, you could set off an immune response. Mm-hmm. You know, if that food doesn't get familiar and get encoded with your information before it goes into your belly. That makes sense. Does it make sense? It makes sense. So I thought it was brilliant mm-hmm. that they actually put some whole hemp seeds mm-hmm. in there and some chia and all that kind of good stuff so mm-hmm. hemp force definitely check that out huge fans of also the shroom tech mm-hmm. sport yes. is my pre-workout supplement mm-hmm. based on cordyceps mushroom tons of documented information about the efficacy and effectiveness of cordyceps mushroom mm-hmm. improving your insulin sensitivity and also improving the oxygenation of your blood it's good stuff
0: Improves your morning commute
1: improves your morning commute
0: there i know get like you going it does
1: it's good stuff. I can make it. Head over there and check them out. <laughs> Onit.com forward, forward slash model for 10% off. Mm-hmm. And now let's get into the iTunes review of the week.
0: This is hard to choose, but because they had such an awesome title, I had to grab this one right away. Another five-star rating. Outstand <laughs> Outstandingly stupendous, <laughs> she says by euphoric lifestyle. Thank you, Sean and Jade for your agape style love and incredible dedication to the betterment of our beautiful planet. I have been steeping myself in the cutting edge health and nutrition information for a couple of years now. And I am so elated that serendipity had me run across your works of podcast art. You are both the best ever and I dream of one day meeting you and hugging you both with love.
1: (laughs) Awesome. That hug is waiting for you. That's right. Thank you so much for that. That's so awesome. Wait, virtual (laughs) hug. Thank you. That means a lot. Truly. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much for leaving that review and everybody. Thank you for leaving those reviews over on iTunes. I mean, it's mind blowing. It's Mm -hmm. mind blowing and I I couldn't be happier. So now, Let's go ahead and get into our topic of the day and our special guest. Our guest today is my man, Drew Manning. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Drew. Okay. Oh, this is so good. What can so you exciting. not say about Drew? Drew Manning is a New York Times best-selling author and creator of Fit2Fat2Fit.com. To to wow. And those twos are the number two, by the way, if you want to check that out right now, mm-hmm. where Drew documented his journey from being a healthy, super fit person to choosing to get significantly overweight and gaining 70 pounds over just six months. And then reversing it all by losing 70 pounds over the following six months. And this process became a phenomenon and it's inspired countless people all across the globe. And he's here today to share his experience with all of us. And I'd like to welcome to the show, Drew Manning. How are you doing today, man? As Jade would say, I'm
0: fantabulous. (laughs) (laughs) I would. Ache, you were right on. You're right on. No,
2: I'm good. Honestly, it's an honor to be here. So thank you for having me on.
1: Hey, man, it's truly it's my pleasure, man. I'm so glad that we got the opportunity to connect. And man, I'm just pumped. I mean, your story is so unique and so phenomenal. And I share this with you, just you know, personally, that I truly do appreciate and respect an individual who would take action to experiment themselves because. There's nothing as true in this lifetime as our personal experience. We can look at all Mm -hmm. the literature in the world, Mm -hmm. all the different studies, that's awesome, but you don't truly know anything until you experience it. So can you take us through your (laughs) kind of superhero origin story? And first, just let us know how you got interested in, in health and fitness in the first place.
2: Sure, yeah. So let me tell you a little bit of my life story without making this too drawn out. (laughs) But basically, I grew up in a family of 11 brothers and sisters. Wow. Okay, my parents are crazy. I don't know how they did it, but we (laughs) were all active growing up. I played football, I wrestled. And so for me, being in shape became very easy. I never struggled with food cravings and never struggled with my weight. And it was, I looked at health and fitness as something that was easy to do. All Mm -hmm. you had to do was eat healthy and exercise and that's all there was to it. In 2009, it became a personal trainer, <laughs> uh. and I had a very black and white mentality when it came to fitness. Either you chose to be healthy or you chose not to be healthy, and there was, you know, no excuses. And unfortunately, that black and white mentality didn't translate too well with my clients who were overweight, right? Because I, I would get frustrated when they would tell me, you know, Drew, I, you know, I cheated on the meal plans you gave me. I had soda. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I had cereal even though you told me not to. I didn't go to the gym this week. And I'm like, well, why is it so hard? Just don't drink the soda, you know, eat healthy, exercise. How hard can it be? Just don't eat those foods. And they would look at me and tell me, you know what, Drew, you don't understand. You've always been in shape and for you, it's easy. And you don't understand what it's like to be overweight. And I'm like, you know what, you're right. I kind of took that to heart. I'm like, I don't understand. I can't understand why it's so hard for people to stop eating the junk food. So I started thinking of ideas of, okay, how can I gain a better understanding and also inspire people? And For whatever reason, (laughs) the idea of getting fat on purpose as crazy and ridiculous as that sounds made sense in my mind. And it clicked. And I'm like, you know what? This is something I feel like I need to do. So I got my wife's permission, of course, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of a funny story. Yeah, because she was pregnant at the time. And something you need to know about is, is she's a foodie. Okay, she's a lover of chocolate and desserts, and I'm more of the health nut. Yeah. And so she's like, you're telling me that we're going to have donuts and junk food in the house while I'm pregnant? She's like, yes, you should do this. <laughs> <Perfect> <laughs> but I, th- I think her, uh, <laughs> her decision making was kind of skewed because she was pregnant at the time. But anyways, I ran with this idea. And here we are, you know, three and a half years later, I had no idea, it would, you know, have the type of impact it had. And honestly, I have no regrets doing mm. it, yeah. even though it was crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we'll definitely, we'll put a link to your website and also we'll just put some pictures up in general. I mean, it's shocking, man. I yeah. mean, to see, see the
2: pictures, yeah. The,
1: <laughs> to see you before and then to see the 70 pound weight gain. It And of course I just in preparation for this. So I dug into, watched a couple of your talks. some of the interviews you did on television and man, while you were actually at that place where you're overweight, man, you look like you were just uncomfortable and just kind of hurting. So can you take us through, first of all, how did you put on the weight? Yeah, Can you talk a little sure. bit about that? Because six months seems like, you know, that's, that's not quick. that much time to put on mm-hmm. 70 pounds. So how did sure. you go about that? Were you like stuff in your face or what did you do to make that happen?
2: Sure. That's a great question. And just to throw this out there, I'm assuming most people have seen the documentary Supersize me mm-hmm. where Morgan Spurlock eats McDonald's, you know three times a day for almost 30 days almost dies right I think most of us know fast food is not healthy for us. What I wanted to focus on was the everyday typical American foods that a lot of us grew up on here in America that we sometimes think is healthier for us. And so 90% of the foods that I ate were things like white bread, white pasta, juices, sodas, sugary cereal, granola bar, chips, cookies, crackers, you know, frozen burritos, frozen pizzas, you know, lean cuisines, spaghettios, things from a can, anything that was cheap, that was convenient at the grocery store and that tasted good. And Mm -hmm. those are 90% of the foods that I ate to gain 76 pounds in six months. And I was living off of probably 5,000 calories a day of Mm. these types of foods. But the interesting thing is, Sean, is that for 31 years of my life, I've been healthy, fit, dedicated to fitness in just six months time.
0: Mm.
2: It was it didn't matter how long I'd been in shape for. It was completely gone in six months, not just from a looks perspective or weight perspective, but my health, too. And Mm -hmm. it's scary to see how quickly your health can go if Mm -hmm. you let yourself go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What you did was you actually changed the way that your hormones functioned. you know and this is kind of the underlying root thing that i talk about and kind of bring to the surface for people is that we could talk about calories all day we could talk about dieting and exercise that stuff is great but what it really boils down to with the way you look and feel is what your hormones are doing Mm -hmm. you know so you literally change your hormonal landscape by with the food that you're eating so it's kind of like an epigenetic trigger that's what food is and for people to kind of hear the stuff you're eating i know this stuff intimately too man because you know there was a period spaghettios come on i mean i got the family can (laughs) right and I would jam that down or just a box of Vivita, <laughs> shells and cheese. I mean, come on. Yeah. And that's how I was oh, living gosh, in college when geez. I was 40, 50 pounds mm-hmm. overweight and kind of dealing with yeah. my own health issue. And so, again, I just want to acknowledge you because, man, to step up to the plate and understand, like, your clients are telling you, like, you don't really get this. Some yeah. of the best teachers are those who have kind of actually walked that path, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So for you to proactively have the audacity to do this is just crazy, mm-hmm. crazy and phenomenal. So what, now, what about the exercise? So did you continue to do any exercise during the process?
2: Yeah, no, no exercise for the entire six months. That was one of my rules, uh-huh. and so obviously that contributed as well to the <laughs> weight gain. Yeah. And uh, it was actually really hard, man, in the beginning, to be obsessed with exercising and addicted in a way to looking good. Yeah, at first, from a mental perspective, it sucked. It was hard to not exercise. And right. I know a lot of people are rolling their eyes like, "Oh, please, mm-hmm. you know, like that's not that hard. Mm-hmm. That's easy." <laughs> yeah. For me, it was it sucked to see these fit people. Jogging and I'm like, oh man, that used to be me. Yeah. And uh, this journey, one of the things I learned, Sean, was how much of this was mental and emotional. Yeah. I thought this was just going to be a physical journey. I would get some man boobs, a big gut, some love mm-hmm. handles, and I would get back in shape. Mm-hmm. The shocking thing, and this is kind of what my book goes into, is how much of transformation is mental and emotional. And I didn't realize that until I put myself in the shoes of my clients.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Wow, so powerful and. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about that because one of the interviews I came across, I think it was Dr. Drew, where you were on. And I don't know much about him, but he used an incorrect term with you. And he was calling like exercise bulimia. And that's not the appropriate term. Just kind of saying it was an unhealthy addiction to exercise, which bulimia with exercise is more of a a form of kind of self-abuse. Whereas like you were doing it for the purpose of like, you'd love to do it. Like it felt good to you. It, It was a part of who you are. That's creating a it's the opposite of what a lot of healthcare practitioners look at, which is a positive habit. Like those two words can seem like an oxymoron, but because we commonly think of negative habits, what you did was you created a situation with your nervous system, with your hormones to be conditioned to want this thing. Like it's a part of you. And when you don't do it, you don't feel right. You know, so we can all, we've done several shows recently talking about creation of habits and we'll put the most powerful one in the show notes and just kind of talking about how you can structure. And it's, it's kind of like, The chain, you know, that quote from Samuel Johnson, I don't know it word for word right now, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but basically it's the creation of the habit is very, it feels very weak until Mm -hmm. the chain is too strong to be broken. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. And so
1: when you try to break that habit of something positive, it doesn't feel good, you know, so that's what it was really going on. And for you, I'm no, I know there was a struggle, man. And I don't even know how you, I don't know how you did it. Um, I'm sure SpaghettiOs help and Captain Crunch helps, but man, I mean, so can you take us through now and talk about, so what did you feel like, you know, when you were gaining this weight, when you were trying to get around, how did you feel?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So I'll admit in the beginning, even though I struggled from a mental perspective of not exercising, the food part was kind of fun. I mean, I'll be <laughs> honest, like it was really cool to let myself go. I would go to the grocery store, skip the produce section completely, go down the cereal aisle and pick out all the stuff I've never bought before <laughs> mm-hmm. and experiment with all these new foods that, you know, there's hundreds of, you know, foods that you could you know consume. You know, we're a society of overconsumption, of course. But anyways, uh, it was really fun for a little bit to get whatever I wanted to and not exercise. And that lasted for about two months until I started snoring. Um, My wife did not appreciate that, by the way. Luckily, she didn't kick me out. But anyways, I started snoring just two months into the journey and I started to feel lethargic really quick, even though when I put on 20, 30 pounds, people are like, oh, you look normal now. Like you don't even look overweight at all. I'm like, really? I'm like, I feel like a completely different person carrying 25 pounds of fat. And so I started to feel really lethargic. I've never experienced this before where I, I was clipping my toenails one day and I had to hold my breath. For the Move. first time in my life, I've never experienced that. Or bending over and tying my shoes, I've never had to hold my breath and then come up for air and finish the job. You know, because mm. when you're healthy and fit and you don't have that visceral fat, that's easy. And you, I never experienced that. I never experienced chafing. But the lack of energy was probably the toughest thing to deal with. Yeah. Because I'm not a lazy person by choice. You know, having being healthy and having energy, helping out my wife with the kids and around the house. The lack of energy I had just turned me into a different person. You know, I was always... Wanting to lay on the couch and wasn't as helpful with the kids and wasn't as helpful around the house. And that really affected my relationship with my wife. And she's really honest Mm -hmm. about how much (laughs) she hated me. (laughs) Because she's like, you're doing this experiment on purpose and, you know, there's still things I need to get done. And here you are, you know, uh, not helping out. And it really affected our relationship in a negative way. But I didn't plan on that. And so it was really tough for six months, you know, for this um, mental and emotional struggle that I was going through. And the physical changes that I was dealing with, it was hellish at certain times.
1: Yeah. There's two things I want to kind of touch on there is. Sure. And wow, man, I, mm-hmm. again, you're like, <laughs> you're a superhero, man. So yeah. number one is asleep, you know? So that's mm-hmm. kind of, it starts to create a vicious circle when you, obviously with the snoring, you're probably going to have some symptoms of sleep apnea, which yeah. is going to diminish your sleep quality. And you're going to wake up feeling tired every single day because you're not really getting that rejuvenative deep level of sleep. It's sort of like with the apnea, like somebody really weak is choking you. And it's just like, they're not like completely shutting down your breathing path, but it's just enough to annoy you and to wake you up. But you don't consciously wake up. So you, but your body is waking up out of deep sleep continuously every time it tries to fall into it. Mm -hmm. So, and then when you wake up in the morning, it's going to kind of create this perpetuation of poor food choices because you're tired. And also, obviously, the lethargy, you know, and not having the energy. And this is the other thing I want to talk to and kind of speak to with everybody is the fact that we oftentimes don't really value our health until we don't have it. You Mm. know, so when you don't feel good, when you don't feel good, nothing else matters. And so a lot of us, though, because we know we have to provide for our family, you know, we got to get stuff done. We'll just actually take this approach in life and push through anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not really understand how bad we feel, you know? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I see somebody crawling <laughs> in the background there. So, so, guys, if you want to check out, sneak. if you want to check out the video of this episode, head over to she's, The Model Health Show.
2: laughing.
1: Head over to themodelhealthshow.com and you can check oh out the gosh. video as well. And you'll just see just this little booty just kind of <laughs> passing by. So anyways, but so that. this is super powerful and critical stuff right here is talking about this energy equation, Mm -hmm. you know, and understand that when you feel good, and for a lot of us, we don't know what it's like to feel good, but when you start to get rid of those layers and this energy starts to awaken in your body, everything in life becomes easier, better, and just so much more optimism Mm -hmm. can kind of open up for you just by feeling good. And so that's the main thrust of what we're doing with this show. It's not about having a perfect body at all. It's about you feeling good Mm -hmm. so that you can, if you choose to work on your body, you have the energy to do so. If you choose to create, you know, if you choose to, change your career you have the energy and the wherewithal to do it rather than kind of struggling
0: and it's done a lot of that for me personally you know everything has opened up for us but i have to admit there's a level of anxiety Mm -hmm. that goes with Uh it so where drew was able to go in come out and go back in again the opposite is oh no what if i lose this or i'm concerned about doing anything because i may lose this yeah you know drew i guess you could speak to that you know, do you feel like you ever went all the way over to the dark side? Did you ever all <laughs> go all the way in or did you feel like, you know what, I've got a safety net. There's a crew up there waiting to pull me out if I get too mm. close to the edge, because yeah. I don't know that we have that security if we never knew a life like you did. Like Sean was saying, exactly. you know, mm. that weren't aware of feeling good that it, no, that it could exist like that.
2: That's a great question. Yeah. And I try to tell people, look, I don't pretend to know exactly what it's like. Right. I did what I did for six months. And it was, you know, different than someone's situation who grew up overweight or who's never been in shape, right? It's totally different, right? Mm -hmm. But there were moments where I realized why people get stuck where they are because there were moments of uh, comfortableness where I'm like, you know what? I feel pretty comfortable. I don't have to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about being sore (laughs) and I could eat whatever I want to. And I'm like, I see why people get stuck here because it becomes comfortable and the idea of change seems so impossible, Mm -hmm. right? That mountain that they have to climb seems just overwhelming to them. And I saw why people become comfortable in their situation because, yeah, the idea of change seems so impossible. Mm -hmm. And if they never experienced it before, they don't even know what that feels like. They don't even know what it feels like, not just to be skinny, but to be healthy from a medical perspective, right? And uh, that's where, you know, no matter how long I was overweight for or how long I did this journey for, I couldn't ever really completely understand everybody's specific situation, Mm -hmm. but I know for me, I gained a better understanding. Even though my body got back to what it was, inside, I'm a different man Mm -hmm. doing what I did and being humbled because it was way harder than I ever imagined it would be. And I finally have a better understanding of the mental and emotional side of transformation Mm -hmm. and weight loss. And so many of us, especially here in America, focus on the physical side of weight loss. Like, okay, here's the new diet, eat this, you know, exercise like this. When in reality, you could have the best trainer, the best meal plans, the best exercises. But if you don't know how to overcome your mental and emotional challenges, then you're not going to know how to make it a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. And the key is to make it a lifestyle change, whether you're doing paleo or vegan or vegetarian, it doesn't matter. The key is to make it a lifestyle change and part of your life instead of, hey, this is my 60-day program. I'm going to lose as much weight as quickly as possible and then go back to my old ways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully that made sense. It yeah, did. absolutely. You know?
1: I, I mean, we just had a show come out talking about how to develop your mental and emotional fitness, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's the inner game. You just said it's the inner game that Mm -hmm. determines the outer game. You could take on the next new fancy diet. And that's something that a lot of us do. You know, like this diet is going to be it and we'll try that. And but you're not changing the person who you're bringing to the diet. You're not Mm -hmm. changing the person who's coming to the exercise program. And that's where the real work starts. And that's where a real, you know, a master coach like yourself does their magic. You know, it's not in getting somebody, you know, yelling at somebody to do pull-ups or whatever the case may be, you know, which a lot of people, they want that, you know, they want somebody to beat them down in the gym. So they feel that they've gotten a good workout, you know, Mm -hmm. progress has been done. But again, the master coach will understand like, we need to work in right now, not work out, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) And so one other quick thing that I wanted to touch on was, and when you were describing it, man, I was really there with you and kind of feeling it is that feeling of like holding your breath, when you had to tie your shoes and I like, I felt short of breath and you brought up this powerful thing, which is this word visceral fat, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking yes. about like, it's also called omentum fat, right? So this is like organ fat. So mm-hmm. even though you might not have looked too out of shape in the beginning, you know, after you gained about 30 pounds, people were like, what do you mm-hmm. think? What are you talking about? Yeah. Inside, you know, you're literally getting fat, your organs are getting fat and all of that starting to depress all your hormone function. So One of the things that I heard that you chose to bring to the table was soda. Like you never drank soda before in your life. That's a real powerful and useful tool to kind of gain this momentum fat. So can you talk a little bit about the soda experience?
2: Yeah. So dealing with clients, the number one thing they said, well, that was the hardest thing to give up was soda, right? So I'm like, okay, for every single day, I'm going to force myself to drink soda. And in the beginning, I'll be honest, I did not like that much soda I've had soda as a kid here and there. My parents would give us treats, but never drank it You know, for more than you know, two days straight as a kid. But for six months straight, I forced myself to drink soda every single day because I knew that's what most of my clients and a lot of America struggles with is the soda addiction, whether it's diet soda or normal soda. So I forced myself to drink soda every single day. And in the beginning, I hated it, but it became the hardest thing to give up after my six months when mm-hmm. I went back to uh, eating healthy, giving up soda, was by far the most addictive thing out of all the foods that I had. My drug of choice, is what I call it, was Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh. If I didn't have two Mountain Dews a day at least, I would be grumpy, I would be moody, I would have headaches, I would be a different person. And That's what people don't realize is when they eat these foods, they think of it as in terms of I'll gain weight or I'll lose weight if I eat this, but they are a different person. Their personality changes when their mm. hormones are out of whack and they're eating these foods they change who they are. And it's kind of scary, but people don't realize that. And so <laughs> it really was interesting to get addicted to Mountain Dew. And, and people ask me, you know, what, did you feel like you were addicted? And yeah, hell yeah, I was. <laughs> when I tried to get off of the food, here's the, one of the most eye-opening experiences was when I transitioned to eating healthy – the first two weeks was living hell. Like I've never experienced wow. those withdrawal symptoms of being addicted to food. So those first two weeks, I hated life. My wife hated me. I hated me. I've never felt that type of, uh, you know, those withdrawal symptoms of just feeling like a different person. You're just always grumpy. You're yelling at everybody. You feel horrible. And you're like, I'm eating this healthy food. Why do I feel so horrible? Yeah. And the personal trainer in me wanted to sugarcoat it and, and tell my audience, oh, it's easy. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm loving life. I'm eating healthy again. And I was honest with people and I said, you know what, this sucks. And I see now why my clients struggled with eating healthy in the beginning or why people struggle when they go on a new diet is because their body fights back at first. Their Mm -hmm. body wants that high from those foods and uh, I never experienced that before. And Mm -hmm. until I did, I finally, it clicked in my mind. I'm like, this is what my clients were telling me they were struggling with and I couldn't relate to them. I'm like, look, just stop drinking the soda It's not that hard (laughs) right until i try to get off of myself and was humbled and you know it was uh, something i needed to go through yeah i feel like yeah
0: you are so awesome drew first thing you you had a choice going in and then there came that point that many people deal with when it's not a matter of choice it's a matter of hormone function it's a matter of of biology it's a matter of of addiction and habit sean please talk to that place where folks are trying and they want more. Mm. And then it's not the choice thing, or at least it feels like it's not a matter of choice. Right now I'm being guided and driven by something else.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, there's one point I want to make really quickly here. This is so huge. If people just get this one thing, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as the nutrition, as far as what's kind of driving our decisions, it can trump everything is the fact that nutrient deficiency leads to chronic overeating. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nutrient deficiency leads to chronic overeating. So when you're not actually providing your body with the raw materials that it needs to rebuild you, that's what it's designed for. Everything in you, every cell in your body is moving towards growth and development and evolution. It's, that's what it's all about. So it's going to drive you to want to eat something, you know, And in comes a Twinkie, but your body's like, I need zinc, I need magnesium, I need some sulfur-bearing amino acids, I need some, you know, some enzymes for this and that. Your body's trying to do stuff to heal you, but you're like, I'll just have this Twinkie. And those are what's known as like vanishing calories, right? It did nothing for you and it triggers and creates more hunger, right? Not just because of the nutrient deficiency, that's the big overarching thing, but also because of what it's doing with activating, you know, these hunger hormones, like, ghrelin for example so all this stuff is really driving the ship behind the scenes and it makes it very difficult to kind of change from there so now to answer your question which was what's your question again what
0: were you saying (laughs) well i wanted you to speak on when it seems like you get to where choice isn't the option you know and then he's in this two-week struggle of trying to get through that place, you know, how do we come to terms with mm, that? Especially yes, when yes. you're so determined and you're trying hard and yeah. you may not have the bank of knowledge yeah. to automatically have the tools. Yeah. You know, there's a place there where you're yeah. kind of
1: yeah. free fall. This is, and, uh, Drew. I want Drew to speak to this as well, but yeah. for me, it's, and what I'm hearing from you as well is like, we have to be kind to ourselves. You yeah. know, we have to be more attentive and kind and graceful with ourselves. Because oftentimes when we wanna change, it's like, I want change now, I'm gonna just go jump off this cliff, right? Yes. Instead of just being- <laughs> Help me. Instead of being more <laughs> altruistic with ourselves and taking our time, being patient, understanding like, we wanna be in this for the long game. right? We've done a lot of sprints with people have been struggling, trying to get their body where they want it to be. Lots of sprints but they're not paying off, which sprints actually do work really well for yeah. exercise, but. <laughs>
0: uh, but <laughs> see the hit training uh, episode on hit training. <laughs> it's just, it's
1: really changing that inner dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. and that self-talk, the self-conversation. And, and I found that the best way to do that is to be around empowering information like this, you know? So getting yourself around, that's why you inspire so many people, like all those photos and all those people just all around the world, they were inspired because they got to be around that environment yeah. that you created. I think that that's the most powerful tool that we have access to today. So what do you think about that, man? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, I think that that's definitely a great tip right there. One of the things that I feel like will help a lot of people in a situation that helps me, the only reason I didn't give in to my temptations during those two weeks was the accountability of all of these people watching me because mm-hmm. I was updating yeah. my blog as it was happening. You know, like, hey, here I am. This today sucks. <laughs> like I want some mm-hmm. cinnamon toast crunch and, <laughs> and uh, some Mountain Dew. But I can't do it because I know you guys are counting on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when people are accountable to other people, it provides this support for them that they need. There's a balance of a kick in the butt every once in a while, but a balance of love, encouragement, and letting them know that they're worth it. So accountability leads to a support system. Having a support system uh, helps you to pick yourself back up if you fall down. I don't care who you are, whether you're a trainer that's been away for six months or you've been over wait for years, you're going to have moments where you're going to want to say, screw it. Give me some, you know, Mountain Dew and a Zinger. And, you know, this is too hard, (laughs) you know, and we all have those moments. And, you know, if you give in, the key is to not make a second mistake and beat yourself up Mm -hmm. and say, well, start next Monday or next year. And that's the power of having a support system to be accountable to is because people are depending on you. They're looking at you for inspiration. And Mm -hmm. I think that's also a powerful tool on the mental and emotional side, as well as having this type of knowledge, like, you know, your podcast is great. It helps even me, someone that's in the fitness industry, you know, stay motivated. Cause even I get burnt out sometimes. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that I think you speak to and you know, my book kind of goes into on the mental and emotional side. And I really think a support system and accountability are really, really powerful. And people sometimes try to do it by themselves. You know, mm-hmm. they try to willpower their way through it. It's just mm-hmm. like someone trying to get off drugs. I mean, it's very addictive. And as we know, sugar is just as addictive sometimes. And you need help, outside help. Mm. And it's not as easy as saying, "Okay, I'm never doing that again ever. And we've said that to ourselves a million times.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So (laughs) let's transition now and get into how and the process of getting, I would say, back in shape. But I mean, it's like it's a new person. You know, yeah. <laughs> and can you talk a little bit about the exercise first and foremost? Because we haven't touched on that yet. I mean, you would think again, is like this guy who loves to exercise, getting back in the gym. How did that all feel when you kind of when you had the opportunity and it was time to step back in the gym again?
2: Yeah, well, let me back up before that, because the first 30 days on the, my journey back to fit, I completely skipped exercise. I wanted to show people how powerful okay. nutrition is yes. in becoming healthy. So I told people, look, I'm not going to do any exercise for the first 30 days, plus I don't want to injure myself trying to do something <laughs> that I haven't done in six months. So I'm going to skip exercise. Uh, I went from 5,000 calories of Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Mountain Dew to 2,000 calories of real food spread out over five meals. And in those first first 30 days, all my blood work went back to normal levels, which mm. was amazing to show your body is resilient if you treat it right consistently. I lost 19 pounds. My testosterone levels more than doubled in those first two months, which, by the way, my testosterone dropped to the low 200s, I think, like 220. <sighs> wow. uh, yeah. Really low, right? <laughs> and, and also really your, doubled.
1: your uh, blood pressure was up, and you had close to, like, liver cirrhosis or something like that. Like yes, Dr. Oz
2: said, yeah. You're, yeah, he said I was heading towards cirrhosis, and my blood pressure was 167 over 113. Crazy, highest. Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. And all that went back to normal levels in those first 30 days. My testosterone went up to 450 after just eating clean. No mm-hmm. exercise yet. Mm-hmm. So here I was, you know, going back into the gym and I was still overweight and I, I was nervous for the first time in my life. I used to love going to the gym. I was that confident fit guy, you know, cut off sleeves and all that stuff. Now I was wearing this big loose clothing tucked in to make sure nothing would fall out while I was exercising. And it was totally different because whether people judge you or not, going into a gym being overweight, you feel judged.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: Whether people are judging you or not, and I've never experienced that before. I had so many people that would tell me, you know, Dread, I don't like going to the gym. I just I feel judged when I'm there. I'm like, what are you talking about? Nobody's judging you. And maybe nobody is, but you feel that judgment mm-hmm. wherever you go. And I've never experienced that before. So it was very humbling, very eye opening for me to kind of experience that for the first time in my life. So I struggled, man. Doing push ups on my knees is what I had to do, and I struggled with those. I couldn't even finish a full set of 20. (laughs) And I've never experienced my gut getting in the way of me doing push ups. Like my gut would touch the ground before any, you know, my chest or my shoulders, like it normally does. And it was something I needed to go through. I kind of talk about this in my book, but I compare it to being on top of a mountain my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to help my clients climb up that mountain one step at a time, yelling at them from the top to keep coming and to don't give up and stop falling back down by cheating and messing up. But for the first time in my life, here I am at the bottom of the mountain Mm -hmm. looking up. And it's a totally different perspective. And it was something I needed to go through.
0: Yeah. What is some of that? You no, know, you talked about the nutrition helped reset things. What about some of that self-talk that you were speaking about, Sean? What are some of the exact things you said to yourself that inner self-talk to help you through that part?
2: Yeah. So for me, it was the accountability. So for example, there were moments where I wanted just a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But I had that fear of what if I go to the grocery store and someone says, hey, aren't you that Fit to, to Fit guy? Aren't you supposed to be losing weight right now? That fear of messing up and people noticing kept me, that's what pushed me through it. And I'm like, you know what? I can't give in to this because so many people are are counting on me. They're watching my journey. And I'm not saying everybody needs to start a blog and gain all these followers to be accountable to someone. But if you can be accountable to just your core support group, whether it's your family, friends, and online community, it really is powerful. When you have that moment of weakness that you just want to give in. You can think of those people that are counting on you. And I think that's what helps motivate some people is if they know they're a part of a group. And it's not just about them. It's about other people counting on them mm-hmm. to um, follow through and have integrity you know, to themselves. Yeah, and know. it's not going to be perfect. People are going to mess up. And the key is to remember that, hey, this is a lifestyle. And there's going to be moments where we fall. And there's going to be moments where we have to get back up. But it's a journey. And there's no destination. Right? There's no end point is what I mean.
1: Right. Yeah. So powerful. What I'm just really taking away and just kind of to wrap up that idea is that, you know, your reason why needs to be bigger than yourself.
0: Yes, Sean. You know? Yes.
1: And, but also as big as yourself, you know, like really give yourself the credit and really just appreciating your divinity, you know, and how special you are, how powerful you are. And all of this we have access to like right now in an instant. It's just kind of tuning in to the fact that, You are amazing, you know, and you have like this infinite capacity to do so much. You can have, do and be with whatever you want. But one of the kind of leverage points is thinking about something that's bigger than us, you know. So maybe it's something for I want to inspire my kids, you know, or maybe it's I want to be there to be able to, you know, be at my grandson's wedding or something like that, you know, and to, to be able to dance with my grandchild at their wedding or of course the typical thing and I know you've seen this too in your profession is like people are getting in shape for a wedding you know mm-hmm. or whatever the case yeah. may be but That's we've got to we, we've yeah. got to leverage like that though enough. you know we've got to leverage it and make yeah. it a lifestyle instead mm-hmm. of this temporary game you know so That's right. so powerful man mm-hmm. um yeah. the next thing that I want to was that exercise exercise okay she's like she's I over here doing like I know, right? invisible right. curls <laughs> um so, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what was so powerful and i'm so glad that you kind of backed up and, and talked about this was that the nutrition was really like the name of the game that changed a lot your blood markers yeah. went back to normal just by changing your nutrition lost about 20 pounds and then we added the exercise piece to the mix so i'm assuming jade wants yeah. to know so what what were you doing for exercise to lose those 70 pounds well the really? last 50.
2: Yeah, and I'll be uh, pretty quick about that. But my whole philosophy when it came to exercise is working out smarter, not longer. So a lot of people think, oh, you're a personal trainer. You're going to exercise three hours a day. <laughs> yeah. You'll be back in shape in no time. I wanted to show people, look, this is a simple lifestyle that anybody can maintain. I'm not doing anything extreme. I'm not starving myself. I worked out five days a week, 35 minutes a day, maybe 40 minutes max. And Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're lifting days, resistance training, but we're structured as supersets. Yeah. So, you know, very fast-paced, quick supersets where I'm lifting weights, right? So I'm getting the benefits of cardio and resistance training. Tuesdays, Thursdays were more of my cardio days, but they were, you know, hit training, right? That's all I did, uh, Monday through Friday. I took Saturday and Sunday off, exercise five days a week for the rest of the journey. And the key really is nutrition, right? You can't out-exercise a bad diet. You can't out-supplement a bad lifestyle. So if people can get the nutrition part down... And be consistent with that. They'll see more results than doing P90X three times a day and, you know, taking all kinds of pre-workout and post-workout and all those things. So that's yeah. what I try and preach and tell people. And the other thing I want to say really quick before we end is some of the things that change the way I focus on helping people is before I focus so much on the physical side of outward appearance, like, hey, let's help you lose weight. Let's help you get that six pack. Whereas now that's not my main focus at all that is a byproduct now of living a healthy lifestyle and becoming medically healthy yeah. so if you focus on your medical health first so for example things like metabolic syndrome and those five risk factors if you could just focus on that for now weight loss and you know six pack and you know those kinds of things become a byproduct over time of living a healthy lifestyle consistently yeah. Instead of before, I focus so much on helping people get their you know, physical results.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: But really, in reality, there's a lot of unhealthy ways to get a six-pack. There's a lot of unhealthy ways to be skinny. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're becoming healthier because you're losing weight or because you have a six-pack. And so my goal is to get people to focus on, on medical health first, weight loss, other things like that become a byproduct over time.
1: Yeah, you just spoke to the so. very <laughs> powerful fact that there's a huge difference. Well, there can be a huge difference between... Yes fitness and health, Mm -hmm. right? Totally. There are a lot of very, very extremely fit people that are incredibly unhealthy, you know, and you see the wheels fall off, you know, and this just jumps to mind, like a lot of professional athletes, you know, straight up eat candy, you know, like every day, like they're, you know, a seven-year-old child, you know? Yeah. And after their playing days are over with, you see diabetes, you see rapid weight gain, you know, because they're very fit. They've been doing all this exercise and kind of quote, trying to work off all Mm -hmm. the stuff they're eating. And there's only a certain amount of time that your body can live like that. There's nothing for free in this universe, (laughs) you know, that payback is going to come. But there are also, you know, with health, there are some healthy people who are extremely fit. You know, you're one of those guys. Maybe I am. I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, it's really it's a byproduct, like you just said, you know, focusing on health, focusing on feeling good, focusing on taking care Of your internal organs focus on doing the things that take care of your amazing heart and your liver and your brain health
0: Mm -hmm. and you
1: find that it becomes so much easier to be fit
0: yeah and then you guys just pointed out the wellness part the being sound and sure within yourself the loving yourself the mental and emotional component is the wellness and that's very key that's the total difference between that and just being fit
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think the problem is people compare themselves sometimes to the people on TV, yeah. the Down biggest podcasts. loser, where we're supposed to be losing 100 pounds, you know, eating yeah. this way. And it doesn't always happen like that. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate is because people compare themselves to these, you know, extreme results that they see on TV. And that's how they think their weight loss journey should be. And when they they don't see that, it's easy to quit and say, well, you know, it's not worth it because I'm not seeing any results. So why should I do it? Yeah.
1: And by you the know. way, I mean, <laughs> our workout approach, our exercise approach is like incredibly similar yeah, twi- and especially yeah. with the hit training. So we mm-hmm. did an episode dedicated to the hit training. We'll put that in the show notes. I loved it. Yeah, yeah that, that was
2: a great one. <laughs>
1: and so it's just talking about the science behind it, but also there's so many ways that you can do this and creative ways to have fun and actually enjoy the process of getting well. And so at this point, my man, just first of all, I just want to thank mm. you again for the courage and for going through that process and yes. being an inspiration, because I, oh, I wanna say I know what it's like, but man, yeah. like I, as much as a, a person can know, I truly do understand how difficult it was and just wanna acknowledge you for that and, and just thank you for coming out the other end like a, a better man yeah. and yeah. A, a better teacher. So thank you, man.
0: That was an incredible Aww. sacrifice you made for us and we certainly appreciate it, truly.
2: Oh, no, thank you. Aww. I think it just made me more relatable to my clients and people that were following my journey, because before people saw me as just another trainer with a six pack, what does he know, right? <laughs> yeah. And we see people like Jillian Michaels and you know all these other fit people yelling at these people, hey, you know you got to lose weight, do this, do that, and you know for some people that works, but I think at the end of the day, people, you know, I love this quote: nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care.
0: Indeed. and
2: that's one thing that's shifted my focus so mm-hmm. much as a trainer is you could have all the knowledge in the world. But if you don't can't build that trust and your client doesn't know how much you care about them first, they could care less that you're the best trainer in the world and know how to get a six pack for them. So it's just, you know, it made me more relatable and I could relate to them a lot better having done this. I'm not saying every trainer needs to do it. <laughs> I don't think every trainer <laughs> yeah. would, but it definitely is something I needed to go through to gain a better understanding. So I have no regrets doing what I did because at the end of the day, it inspired you know, thousands of people all over the world to embrace a healthier lifestyle change. And that's what I try and and continue to do. Yeah. So
1: I was going to ask you, you know, I asked all my guests this question, but I guess you just pretty good did a paraphrase of of that right there. But if you can just go back and, and answer this question still is that, you know, what is the model that you're here to set with the way that you're living your life? What is the example that you're here to set with the way that Drew Manning is living his life?
2: yeah so my model i guess you i would say is helping people embrace a lifestyle change and like i said before whether they decide to do you know a p90x or whether they decide to do veganism or paleo it doesn't matter as long as you can make it a lifestyle change it has to be a lifestyle change otherwise you're never going to see long lasting results if you're just looking for the quickest way to lose the most amount of weight with the least amount of effort you're going to be looking for the rest of your life. Right. It has to become a part of your lifestyle. And um, that's my goal is to get people to focus on their mental and emotional challenges rather than focus just on the physical side of weight loss, because there's an abundance of knowledge and information on the physical side. But there's not a lot of focus on the mental and emotional side. And so that's my goal is to get people to focus on that, overcome their mental, emotional challenges and embrace this as a lifestyle change.
1: Awesome. Drew,
0: That is can you
1: let everybody know where they can get connected with you?
2: Yeah. So fit to fat, with the number two. So that's F I T number two, F A T number two, F I T.com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at fit to fat to fit as well. I post a lot of funny stuff. So (laughs) check it out. It's good stuff. Yes,
1: definitely good stuff. I highly, highly recommend connecting with Drew. It's just super inspirational and super educational as well. And man, just again, thank you so much for being you, man. And We're definitely going to connect much more and do some cool stuff together, man. So thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jade.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. I enjoyed you tremendously. (laughs) Awesome. Everybody,
1: thank you you so much for tuning into the show today. And I really hope that this highlighted the fact that, you know, our health is really there's a delicate balance there, Mm -hmm. you know, and we can kind of go off the deep end in either direction of extreme focus on our body image and on you know beating ourselves down and just over exercising and also you know you can fall off very quickly as drew's example in just six months and gain a tremendous amount of weight and become very very unhealthy in the world that we have set up around us today you know we have access to an incredible amount of foods which is a gift and a curse at the same time it could be you know especially the processed foods and these things are going to trigger the response in your body for you to want to eat more and, it's, and also, of course, shutting down the ability for your body to burn fat the way that it normally would. And just understand that you have the power within you to choose. You always do. And you can make that decision with that delicate balance to shift you in the right way very, very quickly. You know, you can change your entire life starting today just by making the decision to be well and to focus on the inner game, you know, and taking care of yourself and loving yourself. And also the accountability that, that Drew talked about as well, taking advantage of that because at no other time in human history do you have access to more people who want to help you. Yeah. All right, so take care. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theseanstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. Promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great
0: content to help transform your life. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening.